We were presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport put together at WinBet. Uh, since we are talking football, since we are in America, we might as well bring on Peter King. Football morning in America. It is morning out here in Arizona. Uh, one of the things that jumped out to me as far as your column last week was you said the Jets are likely to be a national team in 2023. When you look at the schedule, it, when it's released after the draft in early May. The the Jets are going to go from being, assuming at some point Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. And one of the reasons, I mean, people have sort of said, well, look, they don't, they don't really need to do it until they get close to training camp. Rodgers is not a guy who's going to be in the offseason program the whole time, blah, blah, blah. I say, well, wait a minute, because the NFL can't release its schedule seriously until Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. That's why, uh, in my opinion, there's no way this goes much past the draft. And I don't. I think it'll go before the draft because obviously the uh, uh, the uh, the Jets are going to want to know. Uh, Green Bay is going to want to know, and Green Bay is going to want that second round pick yeah. uh, off the Jets in 2023. So I think it gets done before the draft. And then you talk about TV, Eric. Um, so last year the Jets had the mandatory national TV game, right. primetime game against the Jaguars on December 22, I think it was. But this year, I think they're going to go up to 10 or 11, doubtfully 12, but 10 or 11 national appearances. And that encompasses doubleheader games on CBS and Fox in the late Sunday afternoon window. That encompasses one or two Sunday night games, probably early in the season. And that encompasses a Monday night game, maybe two, and obviously the Amazon game. And although I don't think the Jets will be in the Black Friday window necessarily, that's also an interesting spot for the Jets because obviously Amazon is going to want the biggest numbers it can get. So, you know, I know probably Jets fans have been very used to going to church, getting a bagel, getting home, and at, you know, five minutes to one, yep. turning on their game because that's when all the games have been played basically in the lifetime of almost every Jets fan, you know. But that's going to change this year, and you're going to have to uh, work on changing your schedule this well, year. Well, you'd have to go back to 2010 since the last time the Jets were primetime darlings. Of course, that's the last time the Jets made the postseason in 09 and 010 advancing to those AFC championship games. But you think the national play for the Jets could begin as early as week one. You oh, they'll be on week one yeah. in the national game. There's no question about it. They will either be in week one. I think it's like they're either going to be Sunday or Monday night football or or – uh, the CBS doubleheader game, you know, in 425 p.m. There'll be one of those three things, but I think most likely there'll be one of the primetime games. Yeah, you, so you're thinking Sunday night or Monday night? Yeah, yeah, because, look, Aaron Rodgers, 
he's the classic case of he's he is what Tom Brady was five years ago. Whether you love him or you hate him, you're going to watch him. And people will turn on the TV. Like, I think that if the NFL wanted to get a monster number mm. on the Sunday night game to start the season, it would be Jets in Dallas. That would be one of the three biggest ratings of the year in the NFL. But the way the NFL looks at it is that they would almost, I think, and watch me, I'll be wrong, but I think the NFL feels, why would we put Dallas and the Jets in week one? We need to save that for one of our huge national windows. We we need to save that for either um, one of the three or four huge Sunday night games or to make it... Uh, you know, a prime doubleheader game for some week, um, you know, on either CBS or Fox, because they're going to intermingle and interchange a lot of games this year. It's not necessarily going to be all the big AFC games are going to be on uh, CBS. But I think you're more likely to see, I don't know, pick an opponent, maybe, you know, Jets, Bills, yeah. you know, that first weekend. But, you know, we'll see. But the Jets will be in a national game in week one. Uh, interestingly, uh, the Jets and Cowboys on schedule, like you talked about, and a lot of people, I think, thought maybe, hey, that's a natural spot for a Thanksgiving game. But you actually said that, hey, listen, the Cowboys are going to draw on Thanksgiving no matter what happens. Yes. Yeah. So, so you I don't, don't have to use that slide. I don't think, I don't think, I, this is a terrible word to use. I don't think the NFL wants to waste that game yeah. in a in a in a slot uh, on Thanksgiving where the Cowboys always they're going to draw twenty five to thirty five million people yeah. um, if they play the Washington Generals. It's just you know they so I just don't really see that happening. But again, who knows? I mean, it could happen. I I just doubt it will. So fascinating quarterback matchups potentially if this trade does go through right because the jets have the kansas city chiefs and patrick yeah. mahomes on the schedule they have the la chargers and justin herbert on the schedule you talked about the eagles before and also just uh, i mentioned herbert uh josh allen's inside the division so you got a pair of games uh with the buffalo as well so if this happens uh it's going to be an interesting quarterback matchup each week for the jets look you can you can you can say that about a lot of teams in the NFL this year. Uh, I mean, Mahomes just anybody who Mahomes plays, that's got the potential to be a great uh, attraction. But I think one of the interesting things about the Jets' schedule, honestly, and why I would expect them more of their primetime games to be early than late mm -hmm. is because I think because ESPN and NBC are both going to have the options to flex games this year. Um, if they're really good, you know, uh, they're going to have at least one game added, you know, to them in a, you know, in another primetime game. So, I think you're right looking at the quarterbacks and looking to see, you know, the really interesting matchups 
But to me, one of the other ones is I think Mike McDaniels is going to get Tua back hmm. and back playing at a very high level with a really good offense. So I will not be surprised if you look up Thanksgiving-ish time and, you know, the the Dolphins are 7-3 and three or, or whatever it would be at that time. I, so it could not just be the quarterbacks you talked about. You could also add two to the to the equation. Sure. I doubt you'll add Mac Jones to the equation, but you know you never know. The Patriots are always dangerous. So, but I it's 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 going to be such an interesting year, and and I think the thing that I would be monitoring probably most of all the one thing about about Rodgers and what he said that if I were the Jets, quite honestly, would scare me is that he said before he went into his darkness retreat, he was 90% retired. You don't really want a guy who is basically has sort of changed his mind about playing football to come into your team. Now, Rodgers obviously is one of the most unique people, not just players, um, in football. And so I kind of take all that with a grain of salt, but I also... The reason if I'm Joe Douglas, I am not given a first round pick unless it's a conditional first round pick. And that condition would be based almost entirely on whether Aaron Rodgers plays football in 2024. And I think unless he does, I would not. And I would hold firm if I were Joe. And I have—I don't know what the offers are, Eric. I really don't. But if I were the Jets and and there's a stalemate, I wouldn't feel so bad about that because I don't think either side has a huge edge. I think there's pressure on both sides to get it done. So we'll see when it happens, but I would still assume very much that it happens. Yeah, you wrote about uh, a proposal that a lot of people haven't taken that approach with, was saying, hey, send them a 2023 second round pick. Two, yeah. But, but then you got to skip a year. Yeah. And then that's a conditional pick. Yeah, I would if I were doing it this way and I and I understand why Brian Gutekunst and probably even Joe Douglas, not Joe Douglas, but certainly Brian Gutekunst, the Packers general manager, would be reticent to do this. I said, give him a two this year and in uh, give him a, a pick, for instance, like a three or a four in twenty twenty five. But that's a conditional. If if Aaron Rodgers plays football in 2024, it becomes a one. Right. And that would be okay with me because then you know you'd be getting at least two years of Rodgers. But because right now they and look, for all I know, he's told Joe Douglas, don't worry, you got me for two years. I don't know that because it's not out there, and I've certainly not heard that. But I think some of this ought to be uh, conditional on whether he plays next year. Now, another alternative, and I was talking to Brian Costello about this, uh, that, you know, maybe you give him a pick next year, even before the 2024 season happens. And then um, the, the Jets give back, um, or I'm sorry, the Packers give the Jets back a pick 
2025 if Rodgers doesn't play right. in 24. But there's a lot of ways to do this. But I do think that ultimately there should be some conditions that include whether Rodgers plays in 2024. You said the word unique when describing Aaron Rodgers before. You've been, you are a football institution yourself. Um, you've been covering this game for multiple decades. What do you think about Rodgers entering a year 19 as far as the fit is concerned with the Jets and then also the fit in New York? I don't think the New York thing really matters. I mean, a lot of people have said, ooh, how will he handle the big, bad New York media? When you're the, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, a national franchise, and every word that you say is dissected by a cadre of national media people, from Stephen A. Smith to Mike Florio to all of us, everything. So it doesn't matter whether you play on Broadway or in Kankakee, Illinois. It just doesn't anymore. Now, look, I think it might take him getting take some getting used to the fact that he's not even on the team yet. He's been on the back page of the New York Post already five times. And that might be weird for him. But I also think because the impact of newspapers per se is so much less than it was 20 and 30 years ago that or even 08 what far of course yeah. yeah of course but so i don't really think that i don't think the whole new york media thing is going to be a, an issue now let's talk about him as a player i think the mental part of aaron rodgers is going to be very very important in this case because Aaron Rodgers is going to have it in the back of his head. What so many athletes get motivated by. Huh. The Green Bay Packers thought I was done. And I am going to stick this one right up their rear end. That's right. That's how Aaron Rodgers. He may never, ever say that and all that. But you'll hear a few things from him that'll be like, well, you know, I'm not sure that anybody in Green Bay thought this was possible, but and I'll just say it as a little aside. But every time somebody says that, it means that deep inside they are ticked off about what just happened. And I think if I were Aaron Rodgers sitting out there in California or wherever he was when all of this started, when Adam Schefter says there's a good chance that Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded this offseason, which I think that was January 21. That was a big wow to me, okay? And so how did that happen? If you look at Aaron Rodgers, very clearly not from Aaron Rodgers, apparently. And so my whole thought the whole time has been wherever Adam got that, it was from somebody who... I think Aaron Rodgers will be wanting to say, so you're deciding my future without even talking to me. Okay, well, we'll see what happens now. And so I just think there mental, there's some mental motivation here that there might not be in a lot of situations. 
Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's Sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Do you like the pairing with Nathaniel Hackett? Because Rogers, of course, uh, obviously yeah. lavishing praise on him. And again, a, a lot of people are wondering where he, he was still an elite player, but where he was going to go after the McCarthy era in, in Green Bay. And then we saw Lafleur come in there with Hackett and back-to-back -back MVPs in 2021. I think the difficult, and I'm not saying that Nathaniel Hackett cannot be a head coach. But he walked into a really weird situation in Denver where everyone in Denver thought that Russell Wilson walked on water when he walked into the team. And so you're the, you're the coach. You've never been a head coach before. And you're a big partnership guy. And after a while, you just sort of got to the got the feeling that I think Nathaniel Hackett, if he had it to do over again, would have put a few more guardrails in for Russell Wilson. But in my opinion, I think one of the reasons that Rodgers loved working with Nathaniel Hackett is because he knew um, that, that Nathaniel Hackett was going to think of everything. Yeah. And he knew that, that, that the combination of Lafleur and Hackett was going to leave no stone unturned. And it's kind of funny that, okay, so, so when you look at what happened with, with Mike LaFleur uh, with the Jets, I don't think Mike LaFleur is gone because he's not a good coach. Mike LaFleur is gone because the quarterback situation got to be an abject disaster. And so, now LaFleur moves out and honestly Rodgers would have been fine I think with LaFleur because he was fine with Matt LaFleur and they believe a lot of the same things but this becomes a really good combination because Aaron Rodgers knows that if Nathaniel Hackett tells him something he takes it to the bank right revamp wide receiver room a bit for the Jets. They got their headliner already, Garrett Wilson, a fantastic rookie year. Um, the Jets not only had the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson, but the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. But uh, what do you think about the pickups of McCall Hardman Jr., also Alan Lazard, uh, most recently, of course, with the Packers, but also the Jets' interest that, that Joe Douglas confirmed here on the ground in Arizona in Odell Beckham. I'm not a big Odell Beckham person in terms of relying on him. Here's a guy who over the last three years has averaged 285 receiving yards a year, and he's had two ACL surgeries, and he's entering his age 31 year. I'm all for putting Odell Beckham on your team and 
giving it a shot. I wouldn't count on him at all. I, it's just, it, it's any team that has counted on him in the last three years has basically been disappointed. Why all of a sudden is that going to change again now that he's a year older? I don't, I just don't see it. I think a lot of times what happens in the NFL, people view guys like Odell Beckham Jr. as a superstar receiver who's going to catch 90 balls for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns. Those days are gone. Yeah. yeah, they're gone. But as far as what their receiver room is now, I'm not a big fan of trading Elijah Moore. I think both because of the contract and look, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala know the kind of person he was and whatever his attitude was, whether he was a distraction. I, I don't know. We don't know that. But I understand they would not have done this unless they felt like they really had to do it. But I'm not a big fan of losing in the exchange for the guy who was hurt all most of last year, McCole Hardman. Uh, I'm not a fan of, of adding a guy for four million more on the cap, which Hardman will be. Uh, or something in that neighborhood. I'm not a fan of adding that uh, and subtracting a player who I think still has a chance to be good. But again, I'm not inside the team. I don't know. There are other reasons sometimes about why you make a trade like that. But they do get a two back, and they'll be able to use that either for currency with Aaron Rodgers or, um, you know, for another player. So, We'll see how that all plays out. Jets right now own the 13th overall pick in the draft and then a pair in the second round after the Green Bay trade, excuse me, after the trade with the Cleveland Browns, I should say the 42nd and 43rd overall selections, that pair. Uh, so what do you make of the Jets if this big trade does go through? You know, the only, the only thing that I think is – I don't even want to call it a black cloud, but the only thing that sort of hangs over the franchise as far as a player right now, who you really are not sure of is Makai Becton. And first of all, I mean, I think it'd be wonderful if Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and the coaches there say, man, great, great attitude really is, uh, you know, has been fantastic to deal with, blah, blah, blah. All signs are pointing up. None of that really matters. He's got to go out and do it. And he just hasn't done it. Yep. And for that reason, if I were the Jets, I'd go somebody like Paris Johnson in the, you know, the Ohio State tackle uh, in the uh, in the first round. I'd try to get a player like him who has played at a very high level at a good program and has played a lot of football and who's also a really, really solid guy. Most people are talking about Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones from right. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, one I, of the top tackles. If, if you, if you, you know, what I think, if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm putting a very, very uh, significant part of my grade on uh, person, attitude, work ethic and all that. And what you hear about Paris Johnson is totally 
off the charts in all aspects. Uh, Paris Johnson, Willie Anderson, uh, you know, you want a guy who is revered by his coaching staff and by his teammates. Paris Johnson was at Ohio State. And so that's, I'd be looking for that a lot this year. You've been uh, unbelievably gracious with your time. I've enjoyed it. Let's end here. Um, Salah and Douglas, do you like where they've taken this thing the past two years? And also, with that being said, what do you think the buzz is going to be like? We, we started this pod off talking about the primetime games, the national team, the New York Jets perhaps could be in 2023. What, what kind of buzz do you think is going to be back at MetLife this year? I mean, it'll be all the Jets fans who put away their Klecko jerseys, put away their Krebet jerseys. They'll be back in the stadium. And they will be, they will have fireman Ed like fervor. And that's going to be a really tough place to play. Now, there's one little X factor, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer, okay? But I do want to say that the Jets have to make sure that however long Aaron Rodgers is, is, is a Jet, they have to make sure that this isn't the kind of bleep on the radar screen that or blip on the radar screen that is going to take your team up for a year or two. And then you're going to be five and 12 in 2026. You gotta, you have to use this for an advantage. And the reason I bring that up is I think that Robert Sala should tell Zach Wilson to do what Jordan love did in green Bay. Now, this didn't get a lot of publicity, but Aaron Rodgers never, ever took it out on Jordan Love that he was drafted to replace Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And in this particular case, especially because Zach Wilson, maybe the wrong word is to say idolized Aaron Rodgers when he was like a high school and college quarterback, but he really looked up to yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers needs to invest some time in Zach Wilson. I don't think that Zach Wilson should be thrown out with the trash. Not at all. Because you can't pick somebody in the number two overall, have them play 22 games or parts of 22 games, and then say, yep, that's it. You know, he's gone. You just can't do that. Now, I do think that if... If his career as a Jet totally flames out, that's really bad for Joe Douglas. Very bad. But I also think that I think he's got a chance to be reborn a bit. Mm. If he is literally uh, just basically works very hard to soak it up. You're right. And he also understands what this year is for 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 Zach Wilson this year is the greatest year that could happen to a player after a disastrous year best thing by far that could happen to a player because Aaron Rodgers is one of these guys if you ask a lot of the guys who have played with him and a lot of the quarterbacks who have quarterbacked uh, in his 
room. They love the guy and they will. uh, Zach Wilson doesn't have to be a holler guy. He doesn't have to say three words all season. Just attach yourself to the hip of Aaron Rodgers. Learn as much as you can. And as long as you're respectful to Rodgers, he's really, really going to help him. And I think Rodgers likes the fact that there's somebody there who kind of looks up to him, but who isn't a threat in any way. And I just, I think it's a perfect situation. And if Zach Wilson can be saved, this is going to be the kind of year that will help that. That's awesome. And you believe this division is going to be a tough one, huh? It's going to be, it'll be brutal. (laughs) It'll be brutal. It's amazing to say, but you know, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers comes and I'm look, the Patriots always surprise you, but I mean, the Patriots have a chance to be the last place team in a year that uh, that's pretty important for Bill Belichick. So anyway, we'll see. Hey, thanks a lot, Eric. It was fun to be on with you.